police in the morning. From the bridge of the fleet battle station Ticonderoga, with its sweeping galactic views, to the desolate terrain of planet Kilindathu, teeming with shrieking, fire-spitting, brain-sucking special effects creatures, acclaimed director Paul Verhoeven crafts a dazzling epic based on Robert A. Heinlein's classic sci-fi adventure. Casper Vendian, Dina Meyer, Denise Richards, Jake Busey, Neil Patrick Harris, Patrick Muldoon, and Michael Ironside star as the courageous soldiers who travel to the distant and desolate Klandathu system for the ultimate showdown between the species. Sensationally exciting, like Star Wars, it's ground zero for a new generation of thrill seekers. Owen Gleiberman, Entertainment Weekly. I'm Corey. And I'm Paul. And we are the B-Movie, B-Movie Bros. We review B-Movies to the best of our ability. Sometimes we get off topic, but randomness is a gift. Yep. Here we are, Gratuitous Violence Month. You know, it seemed like nobody had suggestions for us, so we went with uh, one of my favorite films, Starship Troopers from 1997. It definitely fit the criteria for gratuitous violence, so good pick on that one, Corey. And uh, you heard what the back of the DVD cover had to say. Let's dive right into this shit with our technical difficulties, top and bottom three. Um, let's let's start with the top three. Let's, let's be positive here. All right, sounds good to me. Uh, so for me, number three... Um, the character of Dizzy does end up getting to be with Rico. Um, spoiler alert, guys. It, it, it really is, like, fulfilling to see that happen after all that they go through in the movie. Uh, number two, the propaganda sequences are fantastic for giving you a picture of what the world that these people live in is truly like. It, it just, it, it really shows just how easy it is to manipulate things and show what they want to get the reaction um, from the people to be the reaction that they want. Um, Number one, the action sequences in this film are fantastic and brutal and bloody, and it it, it just adds this whole sense of, like, nothing ever slows down once you really get into the meat of the, uh, of the campaign here, the war. Alright, for number three, I have... I, I also like the propaganda commercials that are just inserted throughout the film. It really helped show how people were pressured into joining the military in order be, to be considered real citizens instead of just civilians, which they, um, they have two different de- definitions for. And it was kind of an interesting social commentary regarding the impact propaganda can have on people and how it can force them into action or into supporting things that they otherwise may not have supported they didn't really go too into it which you know it's that that was their choice and i i'm actually okay with it because there was a lot of action which brings me to number two which was this movie has a lot of brutal brutal murders and impalings and people getting their limbs torn off left and right some people had their brains sucked out the gore was widespread and surprisingly realistic which was of course awesome and some of the times even the the gore and the violence is just like the after images of what happened before the characters get to the place where they're at they just look around and see all these bodies and and you know blood and guts and gore like splattered all over the place yeah, you just constantly see corpses just covered in blood and like just looking barely even human it was it was something else and number one, this movie manages, manages to balance comedy, gratuitous violence, and action without really sacrificing a, the story. It's a balance that was 
isn't really easy to pull off, but this movie did it well. I like the characters, I like the plot, and heck, the action was really amazing. And the other thing that's amazing about the action is, I mean, the a lot of the bugs in this movie are CGI. And for this being made in 1997, it's like actually kind of believable CGI. Yeah, I mean, the spa- when they're traveling into the space and when they're shooting lasers, it looks kind of lame, but... The arachnids looked really cool. I was I was surprised. I could see those being like modern day CGI creatures. So on to the bottom three. So I talked about you know the the in my top three the uh, the girl that I'm glad Rico ended up with. But uh, in my bottom three for number three, um, the other love interest Carmen. I feel like they wanted you to like her, but just for some reason I just don't find anything likable about her. And I really just could do without all the sequences that feature her outside of Rico and the other characters. I feel like it was just like filler for the time. And at over two hours, this movie really didn't need any kind of filler in it. They really needed that love triangle to be in the film, regardless of whether or not it worked. Uh, Number two, heartbreaking but predictable in a film like this. Dizzy dies soon after getting to be with the love of her life, Johnny Rico. You know, even though it is predictable, you know, it still hurts just the same as if you weren't able to see it coming from 73 miles away. I was actually kind of surprised by that. I didn't think they were going to go that route. I thought that they were going to, you know, kill off other characters, but they would narrowly escape or something like that. But, you know, this movie actually had the balls to kill the um, main love interest. And then number one, uh, for me, having read the original book that this is based on and seeing the entire Roughnecks TV series, I know that there's so much more to the Starship Troopers universe than just the humans and the arachnids. And I really would have loved to seen like more of the species and everything else translated to the big screen. You know, they did a great job, but there's just so much more out there. And even in the sequels, they don't explore it to the extent that is truly in the original concept. I gotta read that book. It sounds sounds pretty good, I gotta say. But for number three, these people were supposed to be high school students. Not one of them looked like they were under thirty. Um that was that was probably the hardest thing to accept. I mean you've got pe- people fighting giant spiders and stuff like that, but trying to believe that these people were teenagers was a step too far for me. I couldn't. I couldn't withhold my disbelief. Well, and the the other side of that is you can't really tell how much time passes between them being in high school and like the war effort that they're in. Um, but even so, so when they're in high school, they do not look like high school well, students. They're they're a lot more believable as you know soldiers that are in their mid twenties than as high school students. But that's what I'm saying is you know it, they they could have just you know been like well we don't want to you know have different actors for different time periods so we'll just have them be the same people the whole time through. I still say they should have like aged them up and like had them going into the military before that. Give, give them a fucking eye patch and a scar. <laughs> yeah. Got this in the great the great war of arachnophobia. I don't know. Uh, number two, Jeff Daniels gave this to me. <laughs> so for number two, I'm not exactly a military expert by any extent, but I'm pretty sure that rushing rushing into an army of giant killer alien spiders with no real plan other than trying trying not to get killed 
isn't exactly a strategy strategy that Sun Tzu would have written about. They eventually start kind of strategizing the way an army is supposed to do, but the first battle was just complete incompetency. They just ran in. They're like, oh, crap, there's a lot of them. Well, let's shoot at them anyways. Hope not to die. And then you've got a couple idiots rushing in by themselves, and, of course, they get brutally murdered. Not, not, they weren't, they weren't bringing their best. I'll say that much. I mean, and even as far as, like, their strategy evolving, it goes from, let's just shoot them, to, hey, let's drop a couple bombs, and then shoot them. Let's, like, let's move in, um, a diagonal, and then shoot them. <laughs> Wait, if I, if I run in a zigzag pattern, it won't be able to cut me in half. <laughs> I don't think General Platten would have, um, been too proud of these guys. So, and number one, spoiler alert, at the end of the film, the humans defeat the arachnids for, at least for the time being. However, the arachnids didn't really come off as a legitimate threat to the humans. I mean, I kind of felt like if the humans just left them alone and stayed on their own planet, they would have been fine. I know they somehow managed to kill Rico's hometown, but... You know, I kind of think that was a false flag. I think that was a deliberate that was a deliberate attack by the humans in order to invoke um invoke a reaction by the military in order to get people to join to join because I mean, you've got all that propaganda. It makes sense. So that's that's my theory. That's that's canon so, in my So you head. think this was all just population control? Oh yeah. Well, this was well this it was population control and also trying to take over the arachnids' territory. This was um, this was a false flag. I'm I'm not buying it. Well, you know, I mean, it is hard to believe that a giant bug could poop plasma from their planet into space and knock an asteroid all the way from their solar system to our solar system and destroy, you know, a city such as Buenos Aires without us, you know, being able to detect and destroy that uh, no asteroid with our. You know, vast military might in the space. Yeah, I guess. Um, well, I guess the arachnids can melt steel beams. So there's yeah. that. I guess President Trump's space program didn't work out too well. Darn, those damn arachnids. <laughs> so you know, something that we didn't really mention here was uh, the dialogue from this film, which is actually kind of fun. It, it's hokey at times, corny, cheesy, but it's got it's got some great moments. Kind of what, you've, what you'd want in a film like this. So let's have ourselves a good old-fashioned quote war. We'll quote this movie back and forth, and you tell us who had the better quotes. I'll start us off with, everyone should have a friend like me. What makes you think you're good enough? Infantry made me the man I am today. Who needs a knife in a nuke fight? All you have to do is push a button. We're gonna die. Don't you see we're all gonna die? Come on, you apes. You want to live forever? You kill bugs good. It's afraid. It's afraid. That ends this episode's edition of Quote Wars. If you have a favorite quote from this film, please leave it in the comments below or tell us who won this episode's edition of Quote Wars or anything else from Starship Troopers you'd like to say. Yeah, I guess it's time for us to give our final take. Remember, friends, our final take is a score on our shot scale. Our shot scale is a reverse scale, 1 to 10, 1 being the best, 10 being the worst. How many shots do you need to get through this film? I gave it a 1 out of 10. I gave it a 2 out of 10. So, you know... Giant bugs, huge explosions, nudity, lots of death and violence galore. Starship Troopers had it all and somehow managed to fall flat on its face upon initial release. Yes, this movie bombed at the bo box office, 
making only half of its budget back in the U.S. market and barely, you know, making more than its budget worldwide. Yet, by some miracle, it survived and spawned four direct sequels. It's truly a fun and entertainment movie with great visuals and, at times, some fun hokey dialogue. The CGI in the film is also seriously on point. Even from it, for it being from 1997, it still looks decent by today's standards. The film itself evolves over the course from a cheesy teenage rom-com drama to a gritty, no-holds-barred space war with giant bugs. It is a cult classic for all the right reasons. And you know what? If you haven't seen it, I think you should take two hours out of your life and check it out. Starship Troopers is one of those rare movies that manages to be more than just a mindless action film or gratuitous violence, and had a pretty decent, decently structured plot with some interesting characters, to say the least. The 90s CGI at some points was kind of outdated, but as far as the arachnids and the, um, the um, gory battles, it was pretty darn good and still holds up today. I was kind of hoping this movie would focus more on the social commentary aspects of um, dealing with um, the dangers of, of blindly following propaganda, which it kind of deviated as the film went on in favor of just, you know, more gratuitous violence, which I was perfectly okay with because it looked awesome. Starship Troopers is definitely one of the most underrated sci-fi action movies I've ever seen. So there you have it. A 2 out of 10 from Paul, 1 out of 10 from me. And, you know, I think not everyone likes to watch the same kind of shit that we do. But, you know, we like to give every B-movie we review an A-movie companion. Tell you why these movies are the same film, just of different standards and caliber. And even though Starship Troopers is quite A-class, you know, we can always go that extra mile. And, you know, give it its own companion. And for me, I gave it the 1987 film Full Metal Jacket. I picked Ender's Game from 2013 because I'm pretty sure I picked Full Metal Jacket for another film. So both Full Metal Jacket and Starship Troopers are films that feature the effects of boot camp and what it can have on a recruit from physical to mental anguish. In both films, there is a tough-as-nails drill sergeant who either physically or mentally abuses or verbally abuses his or her recruits. In both films, the boot camp sequence ends with someone getting their brains blown out, whether it's, you know, Gomer Pyle or, uh, you know, one of the recruits from Starship Troopers. And in both films, the main character goes from, you know, boot camp to war, and it features the battles that they face therein. Both films also are a social commentary. Don't ask me on what. My brain doesn't work that way. Yeah, both great films. Um, Full Metal Jacket really focuses on like the realism of war, and they both have really realistic um, scenes of just dead bodies lying to show like the impact after war, and it's it's always in between like a funny scene. It's um, I think I think both films did that, which is really um, an interesting choice, but very effective. And it shows the real nature that comes out of of people whenever they are put into that situation of war. You know, whether it's the line of, you know, the, the helicopter gunner, how do, you know, how do you kill women and children? You just have to lead them a little further to, you know, the lieutenant and starship troopers that's, you know, if you're not doing your job and fighting, I'm going to shoot you myself. Like, it, it just shows that, you know, people change 
and they show their true personality when it comes to things like that. Yeah, they're both really um, um, coming-of-age stories, but, like, in a really dark way. So, I picked Ender's Game because both movies are about intergalactic warfare and also involve humans fighting against non non-humanoid aliens. Starship Troopers has aliens... Uh, the Well, the aliens in Starship Troopers were giant bugs called arachnids. How clever. And the aliens in Ender's Game were called Formix. Formix or something. The protagonists in both films start out as low-ranking soldiers, but end up moving up in the ranks due to the talent they show on the battlefield. During his training at battle school, Ender Higgins in Ender's Game turns out to be unusually talented in the simulated battle games held in the battle room, which eventually earns him the attention of high-ranking members of the military. Johnny Rico in Starship Troopers starts out as a private in the military, but eventually becomes corporal and then lieutenant after proving himself as, as a natural leader and after the lieutenant, the original lieutenant, dies. The characters in both films view war in childish and kind of naive ways at the start of the film. Rico joins the military to be close to his girlfriend and to prove his, wor- his worth of being, being considered a true citizen. And in Ender's Game, Ender is deceived into leading an all-out assault against the Formics when he's told that the, ba- that the actual battle is just a simulation rather than, you know, an actual war where people and aliens are dying. And both movies are based off books of the same title. Except in the case of Ender's Game, it was relatively faithful to the book it was based off of. But from what I've heard, Starship Troopers deviates from the original source material a lot. I don't know how true that is because I didn't read the book, but I read Ender's Game, so I know that one's true. Yeah, I can't remember if it's the the director, Paul Verhoeven, or the... um or the writer, or someone big involved in the project of Starship Troopers, like, started reading the book and was like, this is way too depressing, so they stopped reading the book and just made the movie, like, based on, like, the, the little bit that they had read so far. Based off the summary at the start of the book. Like, oh, I read the first three pages. I can make this book I can make this book into a movie. I read the first paragraph, and it was too dark for me. I, I mean, to, to be honest, I mean, the book is very dark, so, I, you know, not, it's not for everybody. I gotta read that. That sounds definitely sounds good. So there you have it. If you want to watch an A movie version of Starship Troopers, watch Starship Troopers or Ender's Game or uh, Full Metal Jacket. Uh, you know, I think it's time to get back to Starship Troopers though and tell you how to drink away this flick. Drink away this flick. Come on and grab your drink. Let's drink away this flick. Bum, 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 bum. I'll give you some drink games for this movie and so shall Paul. But remember, friends, drink responsibly. Number one, every time there's a propaganda piece, Take a drink. Number two, every time Rico turns down Dizzy, take a drink. Number three, whenever there's an explosion, take a drink. Number four, anytime a bug uses a long-range attack, take a drink. And, of course, number five, because it's gratuitous violence month, anytime there's a gratuitous amount of violence on the screen, take a drink. Every time Ace says something sarcastic or does something pretty random, take a drink. Every time someone is killed by an arachnid, take a drink. Every time you see someone with a mechanical limb, take a drink. And every time soldiers march into battle with no real strategy, hoping that things will just kind of work out, take a drink. And those are your ways to drink away the slick. 
If you have any thoughts about this movie or anything else B-Movie related, you can leave us a comment in either iTunes or SoundCloud. You can also email us bmoviebros at gmail.com. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com dash bmoviebros. Follow us on Twitter at bmoviebros or my personal Twitter at bmoviepaul. You can also check out all our other content, including reviews, interviews, and chats on our website bmoviebros.com, where we have new shows each week. If you want to support the show, consider donating to our PayPal or our Patreon accounts. Links provided below. So we've come to the end of week four here, June, our gratuitous violence month. Uh, let's rank the movies real quick. Uh, for me, number four, Zombie Holocaust. Uh, stuff happened, I think, but really didn't. Number three, Ice from the Sun. Uh, it was interesting. Had a lot of, lot of different things in it. Number two, Battle Royale. This was a tough one. A tough fight here at, uh, at the top, but I really think that the soldiers of Starship Troopers would have... Uh, massacred the the kids from battle royale so i had to give number one to starship troopers i mean uh, blood gore post during you know explosions limbs everything and nudity oh yeah number four zombie holocaust yeah number three ice from the sun i really like the film i think it's creative it's well made and the effects especially considering the budget, are amazing. But, I mean, number two is Starship Troopers. It's it's really hard to top that one, which is why the only film that I think could top this for Gadrita's violence film is Battle Royale, which is absolutely amazing. I mean, you've got Japanese school kids killing each other. It's, it's basically a live-action anime, and, well, I'm kind of a big anime fan, so, you know. We've all got our weaknesses. So there you have it. And, uh, you know, now that we've successfully returned from capturing a brain bug on Planet P, I guess we can get back to some regular things, such as, you know, our brand new VHS copy of the film Real. Oh, yeah. This is going to be an interesting one. Perhaps it'll be gratuitous. Perhaps not. Only time will tell. And in the meantime, if you want to check out the film Real, you know, send a message to our friend SlasherVictim666 on Twitter. And uh, he might just send you a link to watch a digital version of the film. So tune in next time to hear what we have to say about the very exclusive VHS copy. Um, You can watch our unboxing video of the special VHS edition. Um, And until next time, friends, be brave, be alive, and be back for more. (laughs) 